Well, instead of instead of opening up a restaurant, we're given the thought of uh, doing a pop up. Welcome to Cue the Mic. Glad to have you on board. I'm Randy Twyford. And that's Darren Ward, the one and only. The one and only. Thank God. Thank God there's only one of me. Yeah, exactly. Randy, I got to tell you, this morning I was, I woke up early like always, partially because my wife left for, for work at 420. Well, I'm glad somebody's working. Anyway. So, yeah, yeah, she's working. She's running the accounting department solo this morning. So, anyway, we, uh, so I get up and, you know, do the shit shower and shave, triple sure, S, sure. make myself a nice pot of coffee, or not a, I did a little AeroPress coffee. I'm a big AeroPress. Sure, press sure. coffee. Kind of high dollar deal. Grind, grind the beans. No, not high dollar, $39, I think, on Amazon, Randy. Okay, okay. But anyway, got up and ground my Jamaican me crazy beans that I love so much and right. and uh you know, had a nice cup of coffee and so I started planning out Christmas dinner because I've got sure. Christmas dinner with <clears throat> with the folks um are coming up tomorrow. Oh. And then next week we got Christmas dinner with her family actually on Christmas. So they've I'm doing the cooking both. I finally convinced them to be at my house, which I have all the cooking utensils, as you can imagine, and sure. you know a place to seat 18 people comfortably. So we've got a nice, entertaining space. And for the first time, I think, ever this year, we're going to use it kind of both both times for Christmas. Good, good. Which, which, which is good. It makes cleanup a lot easier. It makes cooking a lot easier, and I don't have to haul a bunch Everything's of stuff. There. I'm in Everything's there. Everything's there. Everything's so, there. So I'm, I'm going through, and I'm... You know, I'm getting my menu down because I'm kind of a documentation guy when it comes to that. And I got the menu, and like tomorrow we're doing prime rib, and I've got a bone in it. And I'm not a big prime rib guy, but uh, we're gonna we're gonna pull one over fast on the family. I've I bought a pre cooked prime rib. What? I bought a pre cooked prime rib, and I tell you, so so I've been doing a lot of research. Okay, and. So I can cook a prime rib with the best of them. But I sure, wanted to try sure. something different because I wanted to test it from a catering standpoint. And I thought, sure. who better to test on than your family? Exactly. Right? Because if you fuck it up, they just say, get over it. And yeah, yeah, that, we'll yeah, some it, it, or whatever. Don't complain but about so, the cost, so, price. Right. So, I, yeah, because <clears> they, didn't, they didn't pay for it. They didn't thing, pay for but, it. Um, so I bought this uh, food service, and you could order them individually. But it's a 16 and a half pound, fully cooked prime rib, cooked to rare. Okay. Right. And I'm, lo- and I'm looking at this thing going, how did they get this perfectly whatever? And it was like, you know what? They seasoned this thing, and then they put it in sous vide and cooked that son of a bitch in sous vide. Sure they did. You know, at 120 degrees sous vide for quite a long time. And right. then they cool it down and put it in a damn box and send it to me. Exactly. And I'm like, well, what's different than me? I mean, I think probably the best prime rib you could do would be to sous vide the prime rib for a long period of time to make it tender. 
And so I'm going to take that sucker. I may even, I'm trying to, I'm torn whether I want to take the, uh, it out, leave it in the package and warm it up via sous vide and then get a hot charcoal grill going tomorrow and just finish it on the hot charcoal grill. Or if I'm just going to take it out of the, out of the package and season it and just put it on the smoker and cook it. I think that's going to be a, I don't know. What do well, you, what do you, what do you think there? Well, as a, from personal experience, I've done the ones, uh, and taking them and put them on a smoker and finish them on a smoker, you know, taking them, the, uh, the ones that are, had been sous vide and stuff. And, uh, you can't go wrong with those, but I would be interested to see what happens when you to go ahead and run them on up to what one thirty or so. You know, mm, I think I'm I think I'm going to shoot one twenty five, one twenty five, and then let it hold. Uh, mm-hmm. so you're not going to really you're not going to really cook it up that much more than what it already is. No, but just still that hunk of meat, so it's still going to take. You know, it's still going to take the same amount of time whether you're cooking it for. That's what I always thought was stupid about people buying prime ribs from us at the restaurant. You know, I would smoke a prime rib to 120 degrees or 115, 120. I would take it off, cool it down, put it in a bag so they could turn around and just heat it back up themselves. And some people would do oven roasted ones. Well, if you're going to do that, just let me give you the raw prime rib and throw it in your damn oven because it's going to take the same amount of time to get it up to temp. Now, let me ask you this. Are you going to take it and say you're going to run it up to one and a quarter, then are you going to set it in a cooler or a hot box or something like that and let it hold, and hold it for a while? I was just going to put it out on the counter. Now, depending on uh, how soon it gets done, I do have a holding oven there that I can set whatever at home, and I can set the holding oven, and I just don't want to get it – I just don't want to get it too done because – but you don't want to get it the, not the, done the enough. Rare... Don't want to get well, it too raw. If I don't have it done enough, but I got my I got my plan. You know, I'm going to have a pan full of au jus, homemade au jus there you right go. there. Okay, all right. That I'm going to have au jus. So if it's not done for somebody, all I got to do is dip her in the au jus for a minute or two. Well, yeah, that and that would right be up. the advantage of doing that as compared to doing a catering where you're doing a hundred people or something like that. Um, being able to do it that way of having that hot pan right yeah. there and stuff. But uh so those are anyways, pre- stay tuned ones, on the prime rib. I think that you'll be satisfied be happy with it. I think you'll be real happy with it. So uh well, what the, other kind of fact of stuff the matter is do? I'll probably I'll probably I'll probably have one bite of it, Randy, because I'm not a prime rib guy. So oh, okay. I'm just okay. cooking it for shits. I got a sixteen and a half prime rib and there's only eight people that are going to eat prime ribs so everybody's oh going to take a lot of leftovers home there's going to be a lot go home yeah but anyway so what else so are you I was playing on? around with that well i was playing around with that chat gbt the open you know the stuff and and recipe scaling so my mom sent me a recipe and i've never made it myself but when we were kids she used to always make broccoli cheese casserole okay right and it's right. a broccoli rice cheese casserole mixed whatever sure. and cream of mushroom soup and canned mushrooms and whatever so um i'm like i'm gonna and and she sent me a thing and it was handwritten took me a picture took a picture of it and it was right. handwritten and she goes double the double this recipe up well i looked at canned mushrooms i'm like i'm not putting canned mushrooms i'm putting fresh so i'm going to saute some mushrooms put fresh in there 
So I went out to chat GPT and I, and I, and I uploaded the image of her recipe card. And I said, please double this recipe and substitute fresh mushrooms for the, the substitute the canned mushrooms, substitute in fresh mushrooms. And please put it in a printer-friendly recipe card. And like I normally say anything with Chetty, right? Instantly comes back, here's the recipe. And it converted. It knew that how many raw mushrooms it took. It took 16 ounces. It took 16 ounces of raw mushrooms to come up with the, the two small cans. That's what the conversion was. It knew that, right? And so it also added, and it told me the ingredients and told me how to cook the damn thing. Even though the recipe didn't say how to cook it, it told me what to mix first. Huh. And at the end, it says that the fresh mushrooms, especially if you saute them, will add a lot more depth of flavor on the bottom of it. Right? Incredible. And so, yeah. And so, but, but what's funny, just a little bit further, is... I asked it a question about how long it was going to take to cook this prime rib and how long it was going to take to cook this. I'm going to do a, I got a nice Duroc bone in pork loin, right? Okay. Because I'm not a prime rib guy, but I'm a pork guy. So I'm going to cook the pork loin too. And so anyway, I was asking it questions and something about, I asked about the internet, right? I asked, hey, can you search the internet, whatever? And it came back and it says, we don't use the internet. We don't use the internet because there's a lot, there could be a lot of misinformation out there. So they're, they're, it's based upon data. Now they use the internet, don't get me wrong. But it said all their data was based on stuff that was compiled prior to 2022, right? Okay. So if, because once it becomes 2022, there's enough stuff that whether something's bullshitted and debullshitted and whatever, it's not like the live news that half of it's wrong. Right. It's, it's by using that old data set, that's where it's grabbing its information. It was the craziest thing in the world just trying to understand this. But, you know, I'm really into this uh, you really AI are. technology. <clears throat> You were really are getting especially, into this AI stuff. Well, especially scaling recipes, because if I've got a recipe for the restaurant that's for 50 people and I need right. to do 15, all I do is upload the recipe and say, hey, this recipe is for, and if it says on the sheet that it's for 50 people, I can upload an image, I can upload handwriting, I can upload anything. It will read that. It's smart enough to read it, but then it will scale the recipe down to whatever size I want to scale it to. You're kidding. Like we make our, for instance, I had somebody ask me the other day because people always ask me, hey, just send me the recipe for your Asian glaze. Well, okay, so here's a recipe that we made from scratch ourselves. It's been featured on diners, drive-ins, and dives. Right. Right. I'm probably not giving up just that recipe to anybody. Right. Right. But I thought, what the hell? So I went out and the recipe makes two gallons. And I'm like, I want to make this recipe into a quart. So, you know, hey, and I just took my market man, my inventory system. I took a picture of it. I put it up there. It read it. I said, make to a quart. And it come back and said, okay, this is this many tablespoons and this may whatever. It was like 24 tablespoons. I'm like, no, 
I said, I want you to convert this recipe to cups. Unless it's less than a cup, then make it tablespoons. And then it told me how to mix it and what it's just, and then you just copy and paste and put it wherever you want. I mean, but the technology out there is just crazy. So you're just taking a picture of this recipe. Yeah. And scaling it, or I can take a picture. So I've been taking all my old handwritten recipes, right. taking pictures of them, uploading and saying, hey, digitize this into a recipe card format. So you got my it. recipes don't even have instructions on how to do things. Like if I'm making cookies or making bread, right, right. It, it just says, "Here's my." I know how to do the need and whatever. Right, this right, is going right. out and telling me step by step, just like a recipe, how to do it. I mean, you I'd could be create curious. a cookbook and. Right, I would be curious to see how many other people are doing this. Yeah, probably not many. I know, I know. But I, I would be curious how many uh, chefs out there are doing stuff like this, using AI for recipes and things like that. I'd, I'd be curious to know if there's very many doing that kind of stuff. I, I'm guessing, my guess would be that a lot of the top social media influencers are using it. Because right. imagine, I know I could do this, Randy. I could say, Here's a recipe I found online for barbecue sauce. Okay. Right. And I could say, please use this recipe for, please write this recipe for gar barbecue sauce, but make it spicier. And it would go out and tell me, it would change the recipe and tell me what to put in it to make spicy, whether that's, you really think it would. That's whatever. You really think oh, it I would. I guarantee it would. I guarantee it would. It, this thing has not failed me yet. Huh. And you've got more and more comfortable. You See, my problem is I, I just took your advice and downloaded it and got it the other day. I don't feel comfortable using it yet. You, you've used it more and more and got more comfortable. And just like the uploading recipes, I'd fumble dick around with trying to upload a recipe now, you know, and that's something we'll have to have a conference call on of doing, you know, and, uh, right. But, uh, you know, you've got so much more comfortable. You're you're really using some. Well, I'd like to say you're using it to the max, but you're not even using a tenth of a tenth of yeah. a tenth percent of of the potential of it. You know, but uh, no, right? I, I'm there's not. I mean, because really, the potential, potential, potential is to throw a huge amount of data at it, like my product mixes out of the restaurant, yeah. along with profitability of every menu item. And turn around saying, okay, how many of each am I selling? Summarize how many of each am I selling? And what's what's the most <clears> of, you know, what what should I be selling more of? And and then asking it, okay, how do I promote this, right? Because if, if handballs is very profitable for me, and I say, scale my handball recipe to X, and now uh, off the handball recipe, now I'm making the handballs. Now tell me how to market handballs in Des Moines, Iowa. And it will say, oh, make this social media post or use this hashtag or whatever. So handballs are the latest craze. Um, a, a really good chef, not to change the subject too much, but a really good chef, George Formaro, who owns a restaurant group that has a very, a bunch of very nice restaurants in Des Moines. And he's a, he's a big Smokey D's fan. So I know George. But he put something out there about handballs last week. Um, about an Iowa iconic handball. And for those that are listening that don't know what a handball is, think meatball 
but with ground ham and pork instead of beef or whatever. So kind of the same thing. You got to, you know, you got eggs and panko or breadcrumb or whatever. And so we serve them every Saturday. We serve 80 or 100 um, dinners, handball dinners, and people come from all around the state to get our handballs. And it's normally got a very catchy brown sugar glaze over it. I've had them. Um, Very, very, very popular in the state of Iowa. So he posts something about handballs out there. His Facebook post alone had over a thousand likes, but had nine hundred and fifty-two shares. Wow! That people shared it, and I mean, you don't get much more viral than that. No. So no. I sent that off to my social media gals, and I said, "Check this out." And so they they went and looked at the post and what drug it out, and I mean, it's just crazy. So that as we market our handballs, you know, it's it's all about getting something to go viral, right? That's all you exactly. want it to do is go viral. But anyway, so I got my recipes, uh, or I got my, I had to get my shopping list done because this is tomorrow, right? right? And I'm don't get I'm in busy a hurry. Don't get today. ahead of it too much. Don't get ahead of it too much. No, no. I mean, I'll be at the grocery store tonight about seven o'clock shopping for everything exactly. tomorrow, and exactly. The guy's got to go to breakfast, so I'm gonna adjust. I think we're gonna eat at eleven thirty or so. Well, the prime rib probably needs to go on at seven thirty. Well, I'm at breakfast then, so I'm either gonna crank up the heat and cook it hotter. Or I'm going to slow her down, you know, just to do that. And so, you know, just put the probe in it and just try and figure out, right? You know, uh, speaking of going to the grocery store and getting stuff, I hate even telling you this because I don't want you to mess up your uh, Christmas dinner and stuff. But I, when I tell you what I'm, I've got this hankering to fix, you'll probably get in the truck and come down here. And I'm going to go Ooh. to the store this afternoon. Yeah, you're right. Red beans and rice. You're going to get some pork steaks. No. Uh, oh, no. you're going to get red, red beans and rice. I, I, I've just got. I just last couple of days. I've just had this desire, and I'm like, fuck it. I'm going to town, and I'm going to get the stuff because I, I know I can find the stuff. And we're going to have red beans and rice either tonight or tomorrow, and uh, and we're going to do red beans and rice. You know, it's 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 funny, Randy. see that yeah can you see that on the screen yes that's the leftover red beans and rice because i had the same hankering on wednesday <laughs> i gotta look i up had the that. same hankering on wednesday <clears throat> i gotta find that recipe you sent me from the recipe that uh we got uh it's because i know you'd sent it to me at one time yeah. so and uh yeah so yeah, i that, got my that, that recipe so the one thing if you, are you gonna go shopping at walmart or no Probably, either that or high V. So one thing that worked really, good, one thing that really, really good, and so people know, you know, when I went to Puerto Rico, Randy, we kind of got hooked on red beans and rice, and so Randy had a chef, um, Chef Chango, out of Puerto Rico, set Chef Chango, set make a video on how to make homemade red beans and rice, and it was the most hilarious video. But it taught me how he, it taught me step by step on how to make red beans and rice. And so, you know, I had to kind of figure out the language and what he was talking about. But one of the things with red bean and rice in Puerto Rico is they use squash as a thickener. And it's a special kind of squash that I can't find in the U.S. Right. right? And so, but so I did my research. That was back when I was on Google, not on artificial intelligence. But Just imagine what you'd have done now. Said, 
Oh yeah. Well, so it said butternut squash was the 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 closest substitute. So I'd go to the store, I'd buy a butternut squash, I'd peel it all up, I'd cut it, and I only needed a cup of it for my red beans right, and rice, right, right? right? So what am I gonna do with the rest? Oh, you throw it away and wasteful. Well now you can go in the frozen vegetable aisle at Walmart. You can buy frozen cubed butternut squash. Already cut. Already cut, ready, and all they did was took it out the freezer, let it thaw a little bit, just a little bit, and made by red beans and rice. But the only thing I would change about that recipe, and I can send it to you again, Randy, when we're done. Please do. Um, The only thing I would change is I thought the sauce to bean ratio is a little saucy that I think maybe we need to cut down on the sauce or increase the beans. But you increase the beans, then you're increasing the batch. So the batch I have is enough for at least, I mean, I but had you two gotta, big bowls of red beans and rice, and I had three leftover bowls. But you got to have plenty of sauce in there for your rice to make the rice real good. So, uh, yeah, right. I'll and just then, send you the recipe. Keep, send keep the recipe. And then I figure while I'm in there getting my red stuff for red beans and rice, to make it like I'm back home, I'm going to get a rotisserie chicken. You know, because down there they, yeah. they call them fume chickens. They call them fume chickens. They're roadside chickens. The guys that cook chickens alongside the road, they call them fume chickens because they're usually they're cooking them alongside the road, and there's plenty of gas fumes and stuff from all the cars sitting there. So they call them fume chickens. So I'm gonna Isn't do a crazy? rotisserie. I'm gonna get me some rotisserie chicken and then some red beans and Oof. rice. And you talk about just like being back in PR, that'll be just like being back in PR. That's just just uh, man. Ooh. Now if you just had the now if you just had the ocean breeze, oh yeah. well, salt I, water. I'll turn the fan on and that'll be fine. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, so so anyway, um, yeah. So so I think, but but when we get to Sherry's Christmas, you know, normally they're the ones that. Of course, they want the Wagyu prime rib, and I'm like, okay, I'm not a prime rib guy. So we asked them what do you want to do this year, and they said tacos. Huh. They want to do Mexican. They didn't want to do tacos. They wanted to do Mexican. Uh huh. So, and I I can do Mexican. So I, I I've got that recipe uh, for next week. I'm going to do some probably some Wagyu, some Snake River Farms Wagyu skirt steak tacos for steak right, tacos. Right, right. That'll be good. Um, I went to Fred Robles at Rio Valley, who's probably one of the best cooks in America um, from a, a Mexican food. Um, and he gave me how to do pork carnitas. Uh-huh. So I'm going to do some pork carnitas. And then I got to figure out what I'm going to do with chicken. I got to do something with chicken. So I have like a beef, a pork, a chicken taco. I'll probably make some enchiladas. Got some girls in the kitchen. Probably whip me up oh. some tamales. Yeah, I was going to say, and you've then, got some uh, maybe uh, some... original tamale makers. Right. And then we'll do some, uh, I'll do some, uh, some Spanish rice, Mexican <laughs> rice. I've got a Mexican street corn casserole. You Ooh, know, that'll be good. Right. From a catering standpoint, I'll get that done. So we're going to have us a big old Mexican fiesta. And I think I will do some white people tacos because Sherry's mom will look at all the other stuff going. Where's the ground beef tacos? So I'll probably so make some white. white people tacos too. There you go. There you go. But anyway, so what else? You cooking anything today? I have got some stuff on and I've got my Chef IQ probe. And I'll tell you what, I just got this. I, I got it. You mentioned it. And I'll tell you what, it's the, uh, as 
as the old saying goes, slicker and snot on a doorknob thing I've ever seen. <laughs> Here's the box that it comes in. Oh, shit. Because I've got the unit out there. It's called the Chef IQ Smart Thermometer. Uh, you'd said yep. somebody gave you one at the Royal. Yeah, at the, and at the Royal. When we were at the Royal, we were the part of the legends, which mean we'd been there 20 years. This company come around and gave us a free one. I'm telling you what, I've bought a lot of junk over the years, as you well can imagine, and and you have too. You know, stuff is like, boy, that's a that would be a hell of a good idea to get. And uh, what happened to our light here? You just uh, went dark there. Yeah, I noticed that there. Huh? You're still dark. I don't know what happened there. We got some difficulties going on here. If you're only watching on YouTube, if yeah. you're uh, listening anyway, to us it'll on get, Spotify it'll get better. Apple Podcast, it'll, it'll get, get better. better? Uh, well, I think so. Okay. I'll fiddle fuck around with it here in a minute. <laughs> there you go. There you go. It brings out no, my better it's side. Still, it's. Well, I it's don't know what the fuck same. happened to it. I threw the box up there uh, and it, whatever. But anyway, so anyway, we got we got the Chef IQ. Chef which, IQ, yes. I, I, and I tell you what, I that plan thing on is saving. Matter of fact, that makes me look more natural, more natural like to me. I almost look like one of those Olin Mills. You remember the old Olin Mills uh, <laughs> uh, pictures? You'd go to you'd go to Sears and Sears and Roebuck, you know, during the winter time, and get the family pictures of the Olin Mills, you know, and everybody would be standing in front of that uh, wooden th- that thing, the carpeted thing with your hands and all looking off to the side i kind of got that olin mills look with a backdrop you know from the bat cave here so but anyway uh the chef iq you know the the the, the chef iq yeah the chef iq thing i bought that and i thought i think i paid 160 bucks for it and i'm like well i've pissed away more so and that thing has been the handiest apparatus i have ever bought you take and it's got the little base to it, and it's got two probes. You put two probes in, or you can put one in. Put it in the meat, and you got to put the uh, base. It'll hook up to Wi-Fi, and uh, you hook it up to Wi-Fi, and you put the probe in, and then it syncs with your phone. On your phone, it's got an app on your phone. On the app, you put in there what temperature you want to cook to, and then so and it'll have. The nice thing of it is, with especially with cooking in an old hickory pit, you know, you've got a closed-in box and everything. It will read the temperature of the in, ambient temperature, the internal temperature of the pit, plus the temperature of the meat. So it'll give you both both temperatures, and that'll get come up on your phone. Then after it's <coughs> after it's acquired some data of what the temperature is and what you want it to be at, and what the temperature of the pit is, it'll tell you when it will be done. And by God, it's usually right on the money. It's, it's I mean, well, it saved me. It's, since our kitchen is a separate building from the house, of course, uh, and our pit's out there, and I can be in the house here. And, and the other thing of it is it hooks up to a, an Apple Watch, so you don't have to be carrying your phone around with you. So I can be, I can be in town, and I'll get a notice that'll say your your food's getting the meat's getting into a critical stage. You know, it's going to start. You need to get. It's going to be done here in another ten minutes or whatever. 
whatever you said. How, but uh, now, and how are you how are you doing? How does that work? What do you mean? How does that work? Because like I thought you still had in order to get those updates, I thought you had to be still hooked up unless hooked up to your network. But are you saying your phone's at home and your Apple Watch is on your wrist? No, so your I, phone. I, I, no, I can I can be anywhere on my phone. And it'll still and it'll still get it. Well, that's it's on, it's on the internet. Than I thought it was. It's on the internet. Once it gets in, the wow. Wi-Fi hooks up to the internet. Then it goes wherever you want to go. I did. I didn't know that because, like, I've had, I and I've I've used my Chef IQ once or twice just on smart stuff, and you're exactly right. So I had a meter, meter probe. That is one of the competitors, and that was known. Well, what I found, and I live in a metal building, and my smoker's outside. Well, you know, it's spray foamed and metal, whatever. So I, I thought, well, I was cooking a brisket overnight. I'm like, I'm just going to put this thing in the brisket. That way I can reach over on my phone in the middle of the night and just check how things are going. Right. right? If, if I wake up. Well, it disconnected as soon as I got to my bedroom. No. No, this. I mean. So. So you're we're saying pretty, I can go anywhere. Yes. You know, we're a pretty good, our house is a pretty good distance from the shed. Yeah. Oh, you're 50 and, yards. Flat and it's a metal 25 building. yards from the... And remember, that probe is inside a metal Old Hickory Pit ELDX. Yeah. yeah. And then you, you just got to have the receiver within distance. So it's receiving the, from the probes. And and right. you're good, and you, and you can be going around, and, and the watch will come on and say, "Hey, things are getting close to being done. You might want to start think about getting back to take a look at stuff." More or less is what it's saying, and uh, that's, and that's it's crazy. usually true I mean, to not, not just to, a competition, not just a competition thing, but you know, and the problem is I don't use it in competition because the probes are so fat. Yes, I don't want to yeah. leave that hole in the middle of the damn brisket, right? We're, now, for well, home cooking or whatever, nobody really cares. Well, and the only thing I don't like, I was going to use it on some pork steaks, those boneless pork steaks I did the other day, but there wasn't enough room. The The pork steaks, they were about an inch right. thick, three eighths, about an inch yep. thick, and there wasn't enough yep. room, and I don't, I don't think I would have got an accurate uh, temperature on them and stuff. But for a bigger oh. piece of meat, uh, for a brisket uh, or uh, points, Stuff like that, or, or uh, a turkey breast. I've been using it a lot on, we've been cooking a lot of uh, turkey breasts. And for those turkey breasts, I mean, they're just the checkers. And then we've been letting those turkey breasts uh, set. And what's pretty neat is being able, once we set, let those turkey breasts set, is watching the temperature raise. It, you know, everybody says, oh, you, you really, you know, you want to let meat set because it'll raise in temperature after you let it set. And you're, you know, you've always heard people say that. Well, this really proves the fact that it does, because you can sit there and watch, watch the temperature. The neat thing of it is, is on like on that EDX, you can see on the ambient temperature, it kind of looks like my bad heart rate, heartbeat, because it just goes like this, because it shows <laughs> when, uh, when the uh, burner kicks on, you know, and, and it's on an incline and it'll keep it leveled out. But it just boom, boom, boom shows when that uh, uh, burner kicks on. Pretty interesting. It's pretty interesting wow. to watch, pretty to, to see what 
everybody, the stuff, you know, but to be able to see it and then it has it in a pie, you know, in a graph, you know, here's your cooking temp. Here's where you want to be. Here's where you're, where you're at. And then it comes together. I would highly Uh, recommend it. it, it, It's a last minute Christmas idea. This thing will come out Monday before Thanksgiving Christmas. So last minute. I Christmas would. idea for that. Yeah. And I think from the commercial standpoint, and, and when I talked to them at the Royal, they were talking about getting into that commercial space. So imagine having 16 of these probes. Now, of course, the some bitches will lose them and break them and whatever. Yeah, so, right. But yeah. imagine, you know, not opening that pit because we know that old hickory is always hot on the, on the, on the top right rack, right? It's going to be done exactly. the quickest. So imagine sticking everything in there so that you don't even have to open the pit and check anything until you know that things. And just oh. I could see a digital readout. I mean, it's crazy what technology's done for us. Oh, I mean, and it saved me. Well, Marla made the comment. Mark this one, on, etch this one on the wall. She said, that's one of the best things you've ever bought. Believe it or not. <laughs> And I mean, Whoa. just the fact that I can be in here watching TV uh, in my office and uh, uh, look at it and go, yeah, that shit's about done. So instead of having to run out there, yeah. probe it, you know, and stuff. So check it, come back in, back out. You're probably getting fat with getting less steps. Uh, yeah, that's that's exactly it. Not the fact that I'm sitting around eating my ass, eating all the time and stuff. So. Yeah, well, it's time. It's winter time, even though you're yeah, tell, yeah. We're, gonna, we're all going so. What else is go, what else is going on? What else is going on? Cooking turkeys and what else is on your mind? Well, kind of Gibbons thinking about what if kind of as a oh as a kind of a side kind of not to bring the thing down. Uh, a lot of people might know we lost one of our uh, probably one of the pillars of the barbecue community over this past this past week, Ruben Gomez. A lot of people. Uh, in Memphis in yep. May, if anybody's very familiar with 17th Street Barbecue, he was real close friends with Mike Mills. Uh, Ruben Gomez from Albuquerque, New Mexico, he passed away this past week. Uh, he hung out with us yeah. at Memphis in May a lot uh, and down at Murfreesboro a lot. Uh, great guy. Great guy. Had just oh. stories that you couldn't imagine. Used to be a DEA agent. Uh, yeah. Could undercover in undercover undercover in Mexico. Yes. Right. In Back drug years ago. Years and, ago. Oh boy. Yeah. I mean, he saw people getting heads chopped off and shot on sight and whatever. I mean I mean, just crazy. Made a hell of a salsa. Was a oh, hell of yeah. a cook. You know, so I just feel sorry for Bonnie because his health deteriorated a little bit over the you know, last few years, they haven't made the trip out to 17th Street. Yeah. And um, it's just, we miss him. We miss Bonnie. She's still yeah. going strong. But yeah, we'll, we'll all miss Ruben. He's uh Yeah. So I wanted to pass super, that along. Super guy that will be missed. None better. None yep. better. None But got none to thinking, better. got to thinking a little bit, uh, you know, what would a fella have to do about opening up a restaurant? You know, kind of been thinking a little bit about that. Uh, you know, what would you need to do? You know, what's all entailed? You know, maybe people would be interested. Well, well, Randy, if I were you, here's what I would do. 
All right. This is from I a would, guy coming from a get, guy that's got a get, successful restaurant, you know, doing very well up in Des Moines, a big metro city, you know, everything going right. So if I were to open a restaurant in, in Springfield, I think the first thing I'd do, I'd jump your ass in the car. All right. And I'd drive to Des Moines, and I'd look over, and I'll show you our entire operation. Oh, okay. And when I All get right. done, And when I get done showing you the entire operation, I'd turn you around, and I'd kick you flat in the balls <laughs> for even thinking about stupid shit like that. <laughs> I knew that was coming. I knew that was coming. No, well, uh, I just uh, kick that, you right in the balls because there'd be there'd be a lot less pain. There'd be a lot less pain in the long term because that pain of me kicking you in the balls would go away after a while, and the pain of owner restaurants going to be there forever. You're going to be there forever. Well, instead of instead of opening up a restaurant. We're given the thought of uh, doing a pop-up. Now, there's a lot of uh, chefs and stuff, chefs around the country, uh, especially um, in the bigger cities doing these pop-ups, you know, uh, especially up-and-coming chefs. And I know I'm not a, I don't, I, you know, people say, oh, are you the chef? No, I'm just a half-assed cook, if that, you know. And, uh, but, you know, uh, don't, they, don't you get it? You know, are you the chef? Are you the chef? No, I ain't the fucking chef. I ain't, I ain't no chef. Yeah, my answer is, I do. Do I wear funny pants? I ain't wearing no damn funny pants. <laughs> and uh, and Crocs, you know? No, I don't do that. You know? Well, you wear Crocs, though. No, I don't wear Crocs. Oh, sorry. Anyway, Scotty Johnson uh, wears Crocs. That's right. I forgot. Uh, anyway, uh, but anyway. You know, we've uh, we're given some serious thought about uh, maybe doing a pop up barbecue pop up. We got a location. Uh, the guys, uh, <coughs> excuse me, uh, guys interested in having us come in there, um, kind of weighing out, you know, the uh, good, the bad, the ugly. You know, kind of what we what we should do, whether we should do. We've got another, and we've got another location. Uh, some. I mean, the whole pop-up thing might end up being a pretty decent business for us. Uh, uh, I say about opening a restaurant. A restaurant well, is the last thing. A restaurant is the last thing on my mind. I, I have no fucking desire to open up a restaurant. You know, everybody goes, yeah, "You ought yeah, to open I, up a restaurant." Think... You ought to open up a restaurant. Yeah. No, that you know. Uh, my dad always always said, you know, never say never because never is a long time. But I can pretty well fucking guarantee you that it's never going to happen that I'm going to open up a restaurant, you know, especially at my age. You well, know, when, when in, in my well, me in my early 50s, I'm not going to open up a restaurant, you know. Yeah. Early 50s. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> well, and, and it's funny, little, little little sidebar off of there. Anytime, uh, anytime it seems like a restaurant in Des Moines goes goes under right closes down i get a phone call okay right i'll get a phone call from like this week we had a, we had a barbecue restaurant go down out in pleasant hill and so i the, the economic person from the city of pleasant hill who's helping marketing this space calls me up and says hey darren you interested in this and i said well not really but i will take a look i will take a look at the operation whatever I said, send me the financial statements. So they send me the financial statements for this restaurant, right? 
And so it's in a nice location, right? And and their marketing said, wow, they're over 12,000 visits per year now to this restaurant. And I'm like, wow, that's pretty good. Until I did that math and said, wow, that's only 75 people a day. Right. So it's all about market. But I, I dug into the financials of this thing, and it was only making, you know, it was doing five, 600000 a year in revenue and losing 200000 a year. Wow. For Consistently for the next three years. And then I looked at the rent they were paying and the rent that they were wanting to charge. Sure. And I mean, instead of six 600000 they you'd have to do a million five out of that location. Now, could we do that? We could probably get that done, I would think, with our name around town and stuff. Now, is it going to drag some away from our current business? But sure. it just didn't make sense to, I mean, somebody will fall for it. Somebody will pay them, and they wanted money for the restaurant. Hey, I want money. I want to lease you the building, whatever. I'm like, you know, this doesn't work financially, and you got to understand the financial part of it. But I mean, I think pop-up away from that, I think pop-up is probably a great thing for you. Um, as long as they were sporadic, not every week. Exactly. And well, as long as they were kind of in the winter season when you don't have that food truck out on that street, right? Well, I and mean, the guy, think about, the guy that... Go ahead. Well, but part of my thing is, you know, because you talked about whether it's a golf course or an event venue or a winery or whatever. And I think of, I think that's a great idea. Now go find the place next to the dam. Where's your Where's your food truck's highest sales day next to the dam right. hospital? Isn't it right? Right. Where can Where can you do a pop up in the winter time? Whether it's the cafeteria or whatever, because you've got that entire audience. Now do a lunch pop up inside a yep. building instead of planning on you're, a dinner. You're talking just about doing a we've talked a, or a dinner, but but I think either one is fine from a marketing standpoint because you're going to get a feel for the restaurant. I think the number one thing you have to overcome is how much food do you cook? Because if it's successful and you run out early, then you got pissed off people, right? Exactly. If you prepare way too much food and nobody shows up, then you lose your ass, right? So it's how do you how do you prevent that? How do you in well, your mind? How do you thought, prevent? How do you take the middle road there? Our thought was is maybe we sell tickets. We pre-sell pre-sell plates, you know, and and that way that'll give us an idea of how much we're going to sell. You know, give us a pre-sell idea of how many how many plates we're going to sell. And uh, and that'll give us a good base. And then those people will be guaranteed their meals. Then, then based on that, say if we get 200 plates, then go, okay, well, we're, we're having a pretty good turnout. Let's do so many more and, uh, and do, you know, for walk-ins. Right. And so so if you get that much popularity, I think it probably comes to the point. Does it come to the point that let's say you sell 200 plates, right? Right. And I and I've heard you I've heard you quote Mike Mills many times yep. about what to sell and how much to sell, right? Exactly. And what would Mike Mills say? 
Mike Mills always said it when I first started doing some of these festivals and stuff like this, and and I, I always remember this. He, I mean, in Mike's words, and it makes so much sense, and it was, and it's so simple. You know, it's like I'll never forget we were going to do some event, and I said, Mike, I said, how much, how much food do you think we should take to this? Mike, give me that look, and he goes. How much food, how much do you want to sell? How much would you want to sell that you're going to be happy with selling? And I said, well, if we could sell this much, I would be really happy. And he goes, that's how much you take. And he goes, if you sell that much, you're going to be happy. If you run out, you're going to be really happy because you sold what you wanted. Now, should you, could you have brought more? Yeah, you might have been able to sell more, but you're still happy because you sold what you wanted to sell. So that's why I'm thinking doing some pre-sale tickets to get a base and then, okay, we've got that much and then take so much more for where we're going to be happy and go from there. Um, one of the guys, well, one of the... And so what happens if you do, what happens if you do from the pre-sale, Randy, what happens... What happens if somebody come back and you all of a sudden you got 250 pre-sales and that's about all you can, because you still got to be able to handle this. You're not sure. I mean, you're used to the food truck. You can move fast and whatever. So as long as you got the right staff and you can move a lot of food. Right. But do you ever envision that you get 250 pre-sales? And if you do, you go out to the public and say, uh, we're sold out. We will not accepting walk-ins. Right. Yeah. Because then it's just like a catering. You've pre-sold. Right. And you got to have uh-huh. you, you have that much food and a little bit extra, you know, just to make sure, you know, so didn't screw up something along the way. But then do you ever see that happening where you shut it off saying, hey, it's 100 percent pre-sold out? Well, in my opinion, you create more of a market for yourself because people the next time you do right. it, that next month you do it, people go, shit, I better get in on that because they sold out last time. So, so that's, that's the big thing from the restaurant standpoint. And I think about this a lot because I listened to another podcast. We talked about, uh, Niver Niver Land, a guy and a restaurant owner up in, um, up in Minnesota. And he talks about people making reservations. And I think we maybe even talked about this people making reservations and then not showing up and his dining room sits empty. So if we could train customers to do exactly what they're doing with the pop up. If I could train customers to say, hey, I'm if you know you're going to Smokey D's on Saturday night, let me know that you're coming on Saturday night and about what you're going to order. <coughs> and it'll be if everybody did that, if I if you could have a thing saying, hey, like at our chicken restaurant that I'm sitting at today, you know, if we knew what we were going to need to produce in a day, then I'd know how to staff it. I'd know how to raise chicken, whatever. But instead. And fried chicken's easy because, you know, the chicken has a shelf life of five or six days raw. So all I'm doing is thawing it out every day as I think I'm going to need it. And if I get behind, right. then I quick thaw some chicken breast out and I'm able to fry them in 10 minutes. So that's that's easy. Barbecue, not so easy. So it's a matter of how do you predict? And and I think you're on the right track there with a, a pop-up with pre-sales. I think that's a good idea. 
What else? What else do you envision? So give me what you think a typical plate that you're going to do at this pop up. Are you just going to do well, one plate or two plates or five plates? We'll or probably just no, no. We're going to keep it really simple. Probably do uh, ribs, uh, brisket, uh, burn ins, and then our sides like our potato casserole, our baked beans, our mac and cheese. We're not going to get very elaborate at all. It's going to be a pretty basic, uh, pretty basic barbecue. And one of the the guys, one of the guys that we're talking to about having a pop up at his location, he seemed to think it would be pretty successful just for the simple fact that he says there's a lot of people that would probably like to try our barbecue, but don't don't like to eat it in their car, being that they come to the food truck right. and they have or and take it home with them. He goes, you know, there might, and this place right, has right. a full blown bar, and you know, and we're going to have music and everything at it, and uh, so, you know, I think he's got a good point there. This will be a fact that we've got, uh, uh, you know, that people can sit down and eat and, and the whole bit, but it's going to be a pretty basic menu. It's not going to be, you know, all kinds of deep fried this and appetizers and you know all kinds of stuff. It's going to be a pretty basic barbecue menu. And uh, I think that's the way so, we want to keep so it. Do you, so, right. But so are you going to make it where, let's say you have a brisket plate, a burn-in plate, or a rib plate. Are you going to have a brisket plate? Here for a brisket, you get a half pound or a third pound of brisket. You get these two sides with it. Are you are you going to put it in there or is it become a la carte? Because the more you make it a la carte, the tougher it becomes to execute out from the kitchen to the to think without a lot of people right so if you if you're dealing with this pre-sold stuff are you better i think you are but are you better to here's what the barbecue plate looks like and and, and maybe the barbecue plate includes some of all well maybe, yeah kind maybe of a sampler a quarter platter. pound of burn ends and a quarter pound of brisket and two two bones of ribs exactly with, hey if you want to add a four bone rib to it, fine. You can. Here's your price. But you don't. The more options you give them, the more complex I think this project's going to be. Well, I think of it more as uh, of doing a basic brisket plate with your sides, burn in plates with your side, and a rib plate with your side, and then a combo plate. You know, be able to try, uh, a, a, you know, a little bit of brisket, of a little everything. bit of burn ins, and that. And and I think. Uh, I think that'll be our most popular plate, the sam kind of the sampler per se. Right. So, so every day, because we make it well known that you and I are are the kings of retherm when it comes to brisket and pork and stuff. Right. When we go out there, right. Dinner. We've talked about that many times. Right. About the consistency in the product going out and the speed to go out from retherm. Are you doing retherm on this? No. Or are you doing fresh to order? We're going to do fresh to order. Okay, so so I'm going to be the devil's advocate shooting at you right here. Okay, so I'm assuming you're gonna you're gonna cook whole briskets or flats or whatever. Whole briskets. But are you are, are you going to Texas style them? Are you going to thick cut it? Thick cut it, correct. So you're going to thick cut. You're going to thick cut brisket, but if they order it from you every day, they're not going to get a thick cut brisket. They're going to get thin cut brisket. Off the truck. So you see, you, you see the challenge. You, you see the challenge. Now, I think there's a way around that challenge. Is 
you call it a little bit something different for the pop-up. Exactly. Hey, we're exactly. doing a pop-up. Here's a Pitmaster pop-up. We're special for this event. We're offering Texas-style brisket. Exactly. Now, you don't tell them they can't get them a truck, but they. But when somebody comes to the truck going, man, I want. Can't, why is your brisket different? Well, that was our pop-up. That was our Texas-style style. brisket. Exactly. This is our Twyford-style brisket or whatever. Exactly. I think you just got to be cognizant of that so that when somebody comes and eats it and goes, fuck, I'm stopping at that food truck again, right? You, you They're going to get close to the same thing, it, but it's not that, going to be This is be so good. <clears throat> right. So, so you just got to be, you got to be very cognizant of that, I think, right. from a, a customer standpoint, because you don't want them to be, if they're going to get the best barbecue meal in their life, then they're going to go to the truck and what are they going to expect? They're going to expect, expect the best. They're going to expect the best, best barbecue, barbecue of their life. Exactly. So we're giving it a lot of thought, as you so can anyway. tell. We're 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 pretty close to making it a go uh, that we're going to do something, and uh, we're pretty excited about it. The other thing is, is you know, uh, staffing. You know, that's been that was one of our concerns about getting staffing, and we've got that all taken care of. Uh, the guy that has the venue, he's going to be able to take care of that. And uh, 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 <coughs> we're going to be able to take care of staffing and stuff. So we'll be good with that. So, and yeah, then, so, uh, yeah, so I, I, I kind of hope that date matches up because I'd, be, I'd volunteer. I think it'd be fun, you and me in the kitchen. Oh, and yeah. Put Marlon and Sherry out to the Marlon and Sherry out front running plates and whatever. I think we'd have a hell of a blast. I'd volunteer for that. Oh, and I've already got. Work, but, I've know, already got in my. The, uh, in the winter time here, there's. I've already got my um, my main person committed to it. Megan. Oh yeah, who's that? Megan Woods. Oh well, Megan. Yeah. She's already. Megan's, she's like. Yeah, if you got Megan. I I, I got a dick. You know, I've got Megan on board. I said it. I said, told her what I was doing. She goes, I'm count me in. So I, I, I have no worries now, you know, so, you know, <laughs> I've got Mego in and Danny, her sister that's helped us, you know, all through these caterings and stuff. So if I've yeah. got Megan and Danny in the back of the house with me, I I'm good. I'm good. So. So tell so, me, so tell me you're thinking, thinking through it all. What are you, are you going to serve this on China? Are you going to be on paper plates? What's, well, let, let's talk through all the elements of this. Well, the thing we've got is I've got half sheet pans. I've got a bunch of half sheet pans from when I was in Puerto Rico and I've got half sheet pans and I've got the butcher okay. paper cut for them. And then we'll probably get paper cups for the baked beans and the potatoes because you don't want them running all over the potato, all over the uh, sheet pan, but we'll use the half sheet pans right, for right. serving it up on those. So. Okay. Okay. So and, ut uh, utensils, you got, you we're got gonna real just forks, use, you got plastic no, forks. No, no, we're just, we're just going to use disposable forks, get real good. Uh, well, we've got, we use a real heavy uh, knife, fork, spoon packet with a gingham uh, napkin and stuff that we use for caterings that are real heavy. We'll we'll just use that and uh, sell serve that out with a packet and stuff, so everything's got it and wet naps and stuff. So and uh, yeah, no, and, and we're going to keep it simple. Every, I think it's thinking through. You got to keep it simple. You're gonna. Do they have holding equipment? You're gonna you're gonna hold. Yeah, yeah, you got we, steam wells. Yeah. You got shapers, or what are you gonna do? 
all that all that equipment's there uh is the steam at at the one of the place well both places that we're talking to they've got uh holding cabinets and steam wells and uh and both of them have got a place where we can bring in our pits and bring in that EDX, ELDX we have on wheels that we've got on a trailer we can bring in and and uh we can do some cooking right there on site if we want to so maybe do a little uh just an idea from a marketing standpoint is maybe give away a couple meals a week leading up to it on your social media yeah and and get people hey tag somebody and put them in a drawing and draw them once a week so you get people sharing this and sharing this and tagging yeah. people and then all of a sudden you'll start to create here's all these people that now you can invite to this thing just for the cost of a couple of meals which ain't which ain't crap for you, you no, know, from no. A, a cost perspective, but you know, kind of one of those, get somebody else involved. Who would you tag for this, you know, to do? And, and the best thing is, you know, you get people paying for stuff. They don't show up. Right. <coughs> right. So we're make, pretty excited make about pay ahead of time for the prepay stuff. Oh yeah. That's what we'll do is uh, pre people go online and buy their tickets online and stuff. And, uh, uh, we're pretty excited about it. It's kind of came together here in the last week, and uh, that'll be our project for January, uh, getting everything put together yeah. and stuff. And we're going to have music, and uh, this place has got a full-blown bar and everything, and so we'll have a full bar and everything. And so, uh, Well, so so my grandson Griffin, he'd want to know one thing. What's that? He wants to know one thing with every meal. What's for dessert? You know, I haven't really thought about it, but I have thought about it. And probably what our most famous dessert for is, is bread pudding. And we would probably do bread pudding right. if we did a dessert. And uh, I saw I, somebody I, tagged us out on Facebook the other day, how they made your, went out and took your advice and made the bread pudding. Oh, really? And said really? it was amazing. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And so, so yeah, if, I'll, have to, I'll have to find that post. And so they made it. So we'll, um, I was thinking about that the other day. I, I, again, I want to keep it simple, but we'll probably do a dessert and we'll do the bread pudding and, you know, it'll be real hot and bubbly and ready to go. So it'll go along with it. So, so we got, uh, we got some, we got some hot things working in our dessert world. Really? Um, what do you got going on? We're, uh, uh, well, it's kind of super top secret at this point, but let okay. me tell you, it's going to be a game changer. Okay. And I and, and I got this thing, and I I went all in on it. I, I I invested quite a bit of money in a in containers and stuff like that. So we're um, and last night Sherry just laying in bed, she had to come up with an idea, and she came up with an idea that is kick ass. But now I got to get the marketing done. Um, behind this, but I think sure. this is going to be a game changer. Good from a dessert wait standpoint at Smoky D's. Can't wait to see it. So yeah, it'll be interesting. We, we we can probably talk about it offline, but we're not okay. going to talk about it online till okay. Maybe maybe next week. Who knows? Maybe that'll so, be everybody's Christmas present, Randy. There you go. Well, as we go along, uh, we'll have to keep everybody up to speed how we're progressing on our pop up. You know. What's happened this week? What's not happened? What trial? Because you know we're going to have some trials and tribulations as we go along on this, and uh, and then hope that the week the week that we don't have that we plan on it, we don't have like a 
12 inch snow ice snow storm. show ice storm show up and stuff like that so but that's yeah cuz that'd be you, a that'd be a cluster you get you get a, you get 250 pre-sold and then all of a sudden you have to cancel it or postpone it because of that i mean oh boy there's a lot to that you, you just you yeah. got to you got to have that backup plan because if people uh, uh, can't uh, come out and then you got to have another date already set probably ahead of time yeah, Saying, exactly. Hey, here's for, our, here's for, our, in case of bad weather, here's our bad date. And then the other thing that's come up is, are we going to do carryout? You know, are we going to have it so right. people can can do carryout? You know, if they don't want to set, don't want to come and sit in the restaurant, if they want to just do takeout. So, uh, whether we'll do that or not. Lots of things, lots of things to think about. I mean, I just, I think I encourage you just like think through, think like you're the customer and you're walking in the door. How do you want to see it? You're ordering and how do I want to eat this food? And what do you do about barbecue sauce? Do you got barbecue sauce on the tables? Do you got barbecue sauce in a cup? It's just all those little details about the menus, putting the menus together, putting the menus together. How are we going to do the menus? I mean, there's just there's so much work. I'm just glad I do this on a daily basis versus to having to do it one one or two times because it's right. so much easier on a on a day. It's kind of like our chicken restaurant. We just we had I threw my food truck into the chicken restaurant just give them something to do over the winter time and it threw my payroll way out of whack at the at the chicken restaurant. Right. And so I went to them and I said, "Okay, well, you know, we're only open Wednesday through Sunday." So I went to the manager and I said, "Alex, you know, what Let's open seven days a week. So much easier to be open seven days a week because then you can just prep in smaller batches instead of trying to run out of stuff on Sunday. And then you got to work like hell on Wednesday to get inventory up by the time you open. So half the time, you know, you run out early on Sunday because you didn't want to make a bunch. And then Wednesday at lunch, <coughs> nobody could get half the menu because we weren't prepped up enough. So right. now we we just opened up this last week, seven days a week. We took the same payroll. We spread it over the entire thing. And it, now it's humming. Now we're, now we're humming the first week. Nobody even knew it. I didn't even know we were opening on Monday. I didn't even know till about 10 o'clock Monday morning when I walked in the kitchen, I said, what are you doing here? It's your day off. He goes, no, we're open today. And I'm like, well, better get on the phone with the social media gals and push yeah, this and get that, get that. And I out. tell you Monday and Tuesday, Monday and Monday and Tuesday, we did three quarters of the revenue that we would normally do, and not one person knew we were open. I'll be damned. Yeah, so huh. quite the thing. So I'm looking forward to what's going to happen as people know um, that that we are open. So okay, all right. I'd I say think we're that's about, about the end enough of the... for today. All right, we're about at the end of the trail. So appreciate everybody uh, signing in and listening to us and. Uh, Everybody's got the skinny of what we're thinking about doing a pop-up, so uh, we'll keep them abreast yep. of that. Uh, what's keep going them on? Abreast. Uh, keep them abreast of what's going on, how that progresses or degresses <coughs> as we go along, and uh, kind of the trials and tribulations. Everybody can kind of uh, see how things go on that. So we appreciate everybody signing right, in, and, then, and uh, uh, yep, we'll get the um, you know we're. we're, we're since we drop on Mondays, we'll be dropping a, a little Christmas present on Monday morning next week. Go. So we got to figure out time because, you know, it's it's like Thanksgiving. It's Christmas massacre week. But I think we got a good, solid plan in the kitchen, and we're going to see how orders roll in. And good. so we'll 
we'll have to find time to record this thing sometime during the week or next weekend and so we can drop it drop it on christmas morning because you know who needs presents when you got cue the mic oh exactly got old randy and darren who who the hell else do you need so randy thanks randy a bunch for show. thank okay. you guys for signing in we'll talk to you soon hey guys emma here if you haven't already follow us on social media we are at cue the mic pod on facebook instagram TikTok and Twitter X. There I go. Uh, but you're also on YouTube at Cue the Mic Podcast. You can find all of our episodes on there. Like those videos, comment on those videos, subscribe to the channel, hit the notification bell so you guys get notified every Monday when new episodes come out. And if you haven't yet, rate our show, leave a little review, let us know how we're doing. Uh, we love to hear the feedback. Okay, we're out. Boom. <laughs>